0: shooting in Dallas this past week, Attorney General Loretta Lynch had these words to say. She said, after the events of this week, Americans across the country feel a sense of helplessness, of uncertainty, and fear. And then she continued, these feelings are understandable, and they are justified." But the answer must not be violence the answer is never violence whenever i heard those words i wondered so what does she think the answer is and uh well she proceeded to say that we need to do something to make sure that guns don't wind up in the hands of uh, those who uh, are evil and will use them to cause bad things to happen and then she went on to say and we need to uh, learn how to build a new uh, country and uh, to that we can hand over to our kids that's better than the one that we have as i heard those words i thought first of all you know we don't need gun control what we need in our nation today is god control It's those hearts that are turned the wrong way that find ways to hurt other people and to kill other people. And as I shared last week, we have shoved God out of the conscience of our country. And where God's not the one that we are accountable to and answerable to and that we're under, then we're going to wind up with people thinking that anything that they do can be justified. Let's face it, if uh, there is no God to be accountable to, this is a dog-eat-dog world, and you may as well be top dog. But the thing is, there is a God that we are accountable to, that we are answerable to, and somehow people need to know that. They need to know that the real answer is not a political fix. The real answer is a heart fix in our nation. The real answer is Jesus. He's the only real answer. He's the only one besides totalitarian rule that can bring about any sort of order to our country. If we're going to live in freedom, we need Jesus. You know, I think, as I was thinking about that, I remembered a Sunday school teacher was giving the children's sermon one day in church. And she asked the kids, OK, who knows what it is? It's small and furry and has little pointed ears and a long bushy tail. And he climbs up and down and all around in trees. And he runs around and gathers up nuts in the forest. What do you think that is? And one little boy, he held up his hand and she said, yes, Johnny. And very painfully, he said, now, teacher, I know the answer's supposed to be Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me. Well, in church... Just about any time there's an answer, you know the answer is supposed to be Jesus. And yes, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as the Bible's concerned, when you look at it, that is the answer. And today, in this very politically correct world, it is very common to hear that there are many different ways to God. And people will say, as long as you're sincere, and you're sincerely seeking, all roads lead to God. And this message feels good, and it's easy to believe, but the real question is, is it true? And this is what we're going to be looking at today. We're going to be looking at some more things that I would call folk religion in the United States in the next few uh, weeks. Next week, we're going to look at the lie that a lot of people buy into and believe and live out of in so many ways, God wants you happy. That's what we're going to be looking at next week. You can feel so guilty if you're not happy. And you can justify doing some of the most gosh awful and sinful things knowing that you're doing it and it makes you happy and God wants you happy. So we're going to be looking at that next week. But this is just it. Uh and this is different than in years past but nowadays you can talk about just about what well, about God just about anywhere you can talk about God uh, on Oprah you can talk about spirituality you can talk about karma you can talk about positive feelings coming your way right now and uh, and, and having good thoughts and happy thoughts and all sorts of stuff like that. You can talk about these different things, but you can't talk about Jesus. That is a forbidden subject in our politically correct world today. You can talk, you, you start talking about Jesus, and everybody just freaks out. Have you noticed that? It's like, get all antsy like oh you know, you know and uh i mean even in public schools you know you can't talk about jesus there was this uh uh so there's a story about a little fourth grade little girl and uh, she was trying to talk about easter in school it was easter time and her teacher said you can't talk about christian things here at school and the little girl said but it's easter And Jesus rose from the dead. And the teacher said, You Christians are so foolish. Jesus did not rise from the dead. And the little girl said, Yes, he did. And the teacher said, No, 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 no. The Roman soldiers stole the body of Jesus. And the girl said, No, they didn't. And the teacher said, Prove it. And the little fourth grade girl was frustrated. And she said, Well, I can't prove it, but when I die and I go to heaven, I'll ask the Roman guards and they'll tell me they did not do that. And the teacher said, yeah, but what if they're not in heaven? The little girl thought a second and said, well, then when you die, you ask them. (laughs) You know, there are many different ways to God. That's the That's the folk religion of our country today. Uh, Are there many ways to God or is Jesus the only way? Whenever you say Jesus is the only way, people tend to write you off as very narrow-minded, very judgmental, very close-minded. But the real question is, is it the truth? And if it is the truth, it should make a difference. Well, Muhammad, Buddha, Confucius, the Dalai Lama, and Martin Luther King Jr. None of them ever claimed to be God. I can. The reason why I'm preaching this sermon here is because whenever I served down the, this area before, I would have people come up to me and ask me. They say, well, you know, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Martin Luther King, Jr., aren't they all God? And they didn't see the difference. And this is one of those things I was amazed. I was astounded that people that were church, members of my church were so biblically ignorant, for one thing, and couldn't didn't know the truth. And yet they had stood before the altar and said, yes, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And they would stand up and say creeds like we said this morning and still hold that. Well, it's all the same thing. You know, they couldn't see the difference. So that's why I'm talking about this this morning. And let's be honest, deciding on the answer to this issue. I mean, really think it through in your heart of hearts, and you need to come to an answer on this. Don't just let it be something that kind of rolls around with an iffiness to it, because there's no iffiness after death. There's only the answer. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Is that really the truth? Can you really believe what Jesus said there? Well, our eternal destination hinges on that answer. Are there many ways to God or is Jesus the only way? If Jesus is who he says he is, if he is the son of the living God, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life and said, you must deny yourself and follow me. And then went to the cross and died for your sins. If that's really so, we need to settle this one thing in our minds and our hearts before we address anything else. Because if it is true, then we should surrender the rest of our lives, giving every bit empowered by the Holy Spirit to pursue him, to live for him and to live for his glory in every single way. If, on the other hand, though, it's not true, you should never, ever come back here to this place again. If, this, if Christianity is a joke, you shouldn't want to even be a part of it. And that's where I was at one point in my life. I didn't want to live a lie. And if the Christian uh, faith was a lie, I had better things to do, but the thing is, if it's not true, you should never waste your time in a Christian church because we're just kidding ourselves, and it's all a big joke. So, that being said, how can we know? Well, if you believe the Bible, and it amazes me there's some people that say they believe the Bible, that don't believe that Jesus meant what he said when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But if you do believe the Bible and you have some problem with those words, I had one person just say, John said Jesus said those words. Well, yeah, he did. He said them because he heard Jesus say them, you know. So anyway, so there's a, if you don't believe that, then listen to what Peter says in Acts, the fourth chapter, the 12th verse in Acts 4, 12, as he preaches to those who have gathered around him, he says, and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved no other name but the name of Jesus but to me one of the greatest testimonies to the fact that Jesus is the only way is the one of the most powerful testimonies is the silent testimony given by God himself in the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus prayed agonizing there before his heavenly father who loved him dearly and said father if there be any way let this cup pass from me. We don't hear what the father said but we see Jesus get up and go to the cross. There was no other way. There was no other way. If there were And God allowed his son to go through that. What a cruel, capricious, and abusive God he would be. A God who would put his son through the suffering and agony of the cross if there were other ways. And we know that God is not cruel and capricious and abusive. This was something that had to be. There was no other way for the sins of the world to be forgiven. But you know, I was one, I've always been one, I don't like circular arguments. I don't like arguments that are just based on what, uh, on, on the text that something comes out of. If the only thing you argue from is the Bible about the Bible, that's a circular argument and there must be something outside that. And as I looked, I discovered, and many, many others in the world have discovered that, yes, there are external proofs of this. And to me, the most important one is the testimony of millions through the ages who have found these words to be true when they were seeking other ways, and nothing worked. And finally, called out to the Lord and he showed up and saved them to me and those changed and transformed lives not transformed by other people but transformed by the Holy Spirit of God himself the Spirit of Jesus Christ not an attitude not a change in philosophy but a personal relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ that emanated from them to me, that is the biggest proof that I see. It's the changed hearts, not just a change in philosophy, but a total change of character from the inside out. Lee Strobel is one example of that. Lee Strobel is a Christian apologist now, but at one point he was uh, an atheist He was an investigative reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And uh, I want you to hear his testimony. He says, for most of my life, I was an atheist. I thought the idea of an all-loving, all-powerful creator of the universe, I thought it was stupid. I mean, my background was in journalism and law. I tend to be a skeptical person. I was the legal editor of the Chicago Tribune. So I needed evidence before I'd believe anything. One day, my wife came up to me. She'd been agnostic. And she said after a period of spiritual investigation that she had decided to become a follower of Jesus Christ. And I thought, you know, this is the worst possible news I could get. I thought she was going to run into some sexually repressed prude or turn into some sexually repressed prude who was going to spend all her time serving the poor in Skid Row somewhere. I thought this was the end of our marriage. But in the ensuing months, I saw positive changes in her values, in her character, in the way she related to me and the children. It was winsome and it was attractive, and it made me want to check things out. So I went to church one day, uh, mainly to see if I could get her out of this cult that she'd gotten herself involved in, but I heard the message of Jesus articulated for the first time in a way that I could understand it, that forgiveness is a free gift, and that Jesus Christ died for our sins that we might spend eternity with him. And I walked out saying, I was still an atheist, but also saying, if this is true, this has huge implications for my life. And so I used my journalism training and legal training to begin an investigation into whether there was any credibility to Christianity or to any other world faith system, for that matter. I did that for a year and nine months until November the 8th of 1991. And on that day, I realized that in light of the torrent of evidence flowing in the direction of the truth of Christianity, It would require more faith for me to maintain my atheism than to become a Christian. Because to be an atheist, I would have to swim upstream against the torrent of evidence pointing toward the truth of Jesus Christ. And I couldn't do that. I was trained in journalism and law to respond to truth. And so on that day, I received Jesus Christ as my forgiver, and as my leader. And just like with my wife, my life began to change. Over time, my values, my character, the purpose of my life began to be transformed over time in a way that as I look back, I can't imagine staying on the path I was on compared to the adventure and the fulfillment and the joy of following Jesus Christ. That's just one testimony. And look what made the difference. What made the difference first of all was a changed life. A life that he watched transform before him. Transformed lives or what draw other people to even inquire about Jesus well there are some others that have had similar stories and i'm uh, trying to find their names here let's see of oh, one was tatiana uh, Gorcheva, Tatiana Gorcheva, was one of the young intelligentsia in the Communist Party in Soviet Union back in the 70s. She was an up-and-coming member of the Communist Party, and she began. She needed to, uh, for some reason, she was either I can't remember if she was having a back problem or if she was having a hard time sleeping but somebody had suggested yoga. And so she had to have a mantra. And one of the mantras that was mentioned in her yoga book was the Lord's prayer. Now for this communist atheist, that was going to be the most uh, meaningless uh, string of words that she could say. So she began to uh, uh, recite the Lord's prayer as her mantra as she did so she began to change she began to be drawn to this creator god that would forgive sins that would provide us with what we needed in life and that caused her to begin to look into the claims of christianity she received jesus christ as her lord and savior and then this one who people were afraid of, uh, just like Paul, whenever Paul first started trying to uh, go be with other Christians, you know how they didn't want to have anything to do with him because he'd been persecuting them. She had persecuted Christians. She had turned in churches. And now all of a sudden, she finds her life changed. Well, she found an Orthodox priest there are orthodox priests in uh, Russia, Russian orthodox priests that risk, risk their lives in order to help young people find out about Jesus. They are called the Stotsi, I believe. And the Statsi are holy men. In fact, this woman said that whenever she first went into the presence, she was thinking, what is this priest This guy that's bought into Christianity, what is he going to have for me? Who am so, I'm so well learned and so versed. I know so much. I've studied so much. What can he share with me? And she found someone that reflected Jesus so much that she walked away being changed. She could, said she could never be the same just from being in his presence. There's some people, they're so holy in their lives that they change you. You can never go back to life the way it was. She said that he was just so open, so willing to share himself with, with her, so willing to do for her that it was disarming. That's the sort of thing That begins to draw people to Jesus. Those people that have already been drawn into Him. Well, Young Yi Cho was another one that doubted the existence of God and now pastors the largest church in the world. You know, to say that there are many ways to God in our politically correct world feels good. It feels comfortable to a lot of people. It feels safe. It's not offensive. And yet Jesus makes this very exclusive claim. And he says, there's no other way to the father, but through me. The real question this morning has to do with you. Who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? Now, I want you to listen very carefully. When I ask this, I'm not asking for you to just say who he is with your lips. But who do you say he is with your life? Because there's a big difference. It's not just, yeah, I was a little kid and I went to church and I prayed this prayer. You know, I got confirmed. Uh, I was baptized and, and whatever. And yeah, 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 he's my savior. That's not what I'm talking about. Not just what you say with your lips. What do you say with your life? The last seven days, just this past week, what would you say your actions say about your belief in Jesus and what you believe about Jesus? Who do you say your actions say that he is? If he is Lord and you really believe that, let me tell you what you did a lot of this past week. You sought him through his word because, you see, this is the bread of life. And you sought him through his word. And you were in his word because you really believe it. And you are probably worshiping him quite a bit because you can't not when you know who he is. And I bet you are praying like crazy with all the different things happening this past week. A lot of time in prayer because you know what? That's your direct access to the very throne room of God. And I can guarantee you this. You were looking at people who don't know him, and you were trying to figure out how you could help them to know him. And you really, really care about that. Let me tell you what you were not doing. You weren't concerned that much about your job because you know that it's going to burn up and go away. And you weren't concerned about having a perfect house because you know that's temporary. And you weren't that concerned about your car and your clothes and you're going to the gym and working out because you know that all that stuff's temporary. What you were concerned about were the things that last because you believe Jesus is Lord or Maybe you don't. Honestly, when I look at my actions, they really don't reflect the Lordship of Christ as much as I wish they did. I don't just want to say with my lips that Jesus is Lord. I do want to live it with my life. It's easy to blend in today and say, yeah, there are many ways to God. It is easy. It's more dangerous to actually think it through, to do your homework and come out on the side that I have come to fall on. And that is this. And here's who Jesus is to me. He's the one. He's the one. He's the only one who answered when I was seeking with all my heart. And I cried out to him in desperation from an empty life. He's my friend. He's my savior. He's my redeemer. He is my righteousness. He's my rock. He's my source in life. He's my shelter. He is the bread of life. He's the gate. He's the door. He's my salvation. And he is my Lord. And he's the only way I have found access to God. And if it were not so, I would not be standing here before you this morning. I'd be doing something else. I'd be fishing or hunting or on the shooting range or somewhere else besides here. But because I have found this to be so, that's why I'm here sharing these words with you i not only want to confess him with my mouth i want to confess him with my whole life who do you say that he is with your life with your entire being who is he to you let's pray father May we resist the temptation to blend into what is popular, what is cool, and what is easy. Uh, But I pray everyone here and everyone that listens to this anywhere else, that we'll all do the homework for ourselves. And Lord, I believe that your spirit and truth will reveal that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we have no access to you but through Him. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.